0: Time is running up for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. fun, fun! fun. <laughs> yes. That's nice!
1: Ah! Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest
0: way to travel. It
1: belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's very important. It does not confuse It's a
0: trap. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of. up Shell, and I'm Daniel no. Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay.
1: And we're we're a little late
0: with this episode. We're coming off a, a holiday weekend, uh, and I had a great weekend. How about you? I had a nice weekend. It was a little little hectic, uh,
1: here and there, but but a nice weekend. Yes. I, nice. we've got, we're having some dog issues. The, the dogs are like, You have a child. I don't know. I can't imagine what it's like having a child. We have two dogs. And, I have a child and a dog. And and you have a dog.
0: And I have three fish and a lizard. But as you know,
1: <laughs> that's a setup for a joke. The guy is, walks into that's the my bar life. With a dog, a lizard, and three fish. <laughs> um, but as you know, these darn animals, they can't tell you what's wrong with them. Right. You've got to figure it out. You got you gotta be a detective and figure it out. And uh, um, Bowie's got some issues. He's got he's got some skin issues and food allergy issues and a little bit of behavioral issues. And um, he also hasn't had his he hasn't had his his bits removed yet.
0: I, you gotta do that. You do. Otherwise, otherwise Bob Barker's gonna come to your house and just do it himself. Yeah, I know. Which which which
1: I would, would film and make into a documentary. Um but the thing is you have to do that when their most if not all their baby teeth have fallen out.
0: Oh I didn't I didn't know. Yes,
1: that. you do. Okay. And right. he's only had a few fall out so far. So uh you either you know would bring him in and they could you know then extract the baby teeth and then do the surgery, but that you know not only does it cost more, it's kind of like oh I want to put him through all of that as well as the You know, the surgery. Um, So we got to, you know, we're still waiting for that to happen. But because of him still being intact, as they say, he is running us ragged and and making Henry a little crazy. So Henry's taken to, like, just going upstairs and sitting in his room by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hardly blame him. You it. know, because it's this thing that dogs do. You know, you can read about this. It's a true thing, like with toys, and you can appreciate this with loving toys. You know, when a dog, and the, the adult dog or the established dog has, gets a hold of a toy, the little one goes, oh, oh, I want that, and takes yeah. it away from him. And then so you give a different toy to the established dog, and they go, oh, okay. And then the little one goes, oh, I want that one, too. And they put the other one down and run over and get the – and this happens over and over and over. Like poor Henry who just loves toys, he can't just get a toy to himself. Um, And so every now and then you just hear this little – and he's tiptoeing his way upstairs. And then one day I went upstairs and he was just laying in his little bed just hanging out. And there were like seven or eight toys just scattered throughout the room. So every now and then he's been taking a toy from down here going, well, if I'm not going to be able to play with it down here – and then he's he's stashing them upstairs.
0: <laughs> well, he's he's like a teenager. He's just going up and being in his being room. Being in his room,
1: yeah. I've yeah. I've allowed you know two hours of internet a night for him. So <laughs> okay, he, that's good. And, you know, and facebooking and all that because you know what he loves facebooking. Oh yeah. Um. So they're a bit of a handful. Um. But uh, so it's been a little a little crazy. How about you? Did you did you have anything special happen this weekend with the extra day?
0: Yeah, well, I've got to see a few movies, and we'll talk about those in a bit. But then also uh, my buddy Danny Newman, who we know from the logo of Geek Shall Inherit.
1: Cantina uh, Dan.
0: Cantina Dan came out and uh, came with out? his new fiancé. He finally came out? No, he came out to Los Angeles. He he lives in another state, and he and his ah. new fiancé came out and, and hung oh, out with us I this see. weekend. Well,
1: he's, and he's
0: engaged now. Congratulations, Danny.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, that's great news
0: could the yes, so lovely night. the lovely cantina meg
1: cantina uh, meg is that is that her handle
0: <laughs> I, yeah i just coined that so maybe so well
1: congratulations to the both of them danny's a
0: super great guy and yes. uh, i wish them all the best so the girls went like wedding dress shopping together <laughs> uh meg and, and my wife and then danny and i went toy shopping we went to like big kid and uh and uh, L- L- Big Lou's collectibles. And uh, Danny actually bought a Marks astronaut. Ooh. That, J- that Johnny Apollo astronaut. Ooh, that's
1: cool. Just,
0: yeah, Is that, that's did you cool. get that
1: at uh, uh, Big Kids?
0: That was a Big Kid, yeah. That's a fun store, isn't it? That's a great store. That's
1: yeah. one of those stores that's just kind of, I hope it never goes away because there aren't many of those left.
0: Not in LA, yeah, not sure. in our area
1: the brick and mortar collectible type stores because, you know, it's all internet. Um, but that's, and they're nice people too. They really care about the stuff. Yeah. And they've been good to us. Like they carry a lot of Biff Bang Pow stuff.
0: They do. Yeah. They they have all the Galactica stuff. They've got all the ton of your, uh, Twilight Zone stuff. Oh, cool. That's good to know. That's,
1: That's great. Speaking of is your daughter still, still catching up on, on Twilight Zone.
0: Uh, I don't think we we haven't got to watch any lately, but uh, I'm sure yeah, I, actually my my that box set that my dad had i I don't know had like twenty episodes, but mm. then a couple of days after Christmas on Amazon, the full you know everything, the full Monty mm. uh, went on sale, and his birthday is the end of January. so I got in that whole thing. so oh, I'm that's hoping he's cool. He'll send us the other thing and we can watch that and then he can watch everything.
1: Cool. I'm, I'm real curious to know how, how she feels about certain episodes. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing that she's, she's gotten into the, into the Twilight Zone. Yeah. You know, in this, uh, day and age, all the, the bells and whistles that are out there. Speaking of bells and whistles, before we get to what we're excited about, did you know that the Powerpuff girls are coming back? Yeah. They're doing that movie. They're doing a movie. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it's like I think it's like
0: a TV movie, but yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, and Ringo Starr has got a guest spot in it. And he wrote a song he for it. He wrote a song for it. Yeah. It's a funny little video that's it's making its way around the, the internet, but it's so cool that they're coming back. Was, I used to love that show. It's such a, such a smart show.
0: Yeah.
1: And fun, just a silly, silly, silly fun show. It was fun. So welcome back, uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yes. We hardly knew ye. Um, but uh, as usual, we have a lot to talk about because we didn't even get to cover everything we wanted to talk about in the last episode, which was six hours long. So not only yes. do we have that stuff. We've got more stuff to keep yeah. stuff. Pe- people keep announcing. People keep an- I wish they would slow down. I wish the world would stop yeah. and let us catch up. But they just won't. So um, we got lots more to talk about. So with slightly further ado... Uh, why don't we get to it? Why don't you tell us what you're excited about?
0: All right. Uh, this one, it, it's it's a little older. I should have said it earlier, but uh, I didn't. But I'm doing it now because I'm actually reading it now. So uh, Tim Bruckner, who is a sculptor that we know from a lot of different companies, he did a lot of work at DC Direct. Uh, he did a lot of stuff for uh, Sideshow. And, uh, I forget who the other, group. And, and, you know, Dark Horse. He does stuff for Dark Horse a lot. And, uh, way back in the day, he did Toy Biz and Applause. And Applause. And the and if did, did Applause
1: do those, do you remember those 12-inch sort of vinyl DC figures like Superman, Batman, Robin? Yep. Do you remember those? Joker? And they they yep. they, they pulled him out of mothballs for, like, the, the Warner Brothers stores? Did He, he did those, yep. too, didn't he? He did those, yeah. yeah. he goes, he's been around for a long time and done, and speaking of Ringo Starr, my coolest connection to Tim Bruckner when we first started talking, he used to do the Odd Album cover now and then, too. He did the artwork for Ringo Starr's best, by a long shot, solo record uh, in the 70s, 1973's Ringo, and it's the it's the closest the, the the four Beatles ever came to actually playing together. They all play on the record. They just... You know, not all of them are in the same sessions. It's closest right. they ever came to a reunion, really, huh. yeah, while they were alive. It's that record, and and Tim did the the cover artwork for Ringo.
0: That is correct, and was friends with the Beatles.
1: He was. He was one of the which is crazy. Flies on the wall for all the crazy, you know, Malibu stories with you know Keith Moon and Lennon and Ringo and you know hanging out in this big house in Malibu in the early seventies and all the madness. Uh, the famous, he says, the famous story. Um, where Lennon and Harry Nielsen and May Pang are out getting completely drunk at the Troubadour, and Lennon starts heckling the Smothers Brothers—a very famous story—and then got got thrown out of the Troubadour. There's photos of them getting thrown out, hit the papers. Uh, Bruckner was there that night. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got some great, great stories about that. Yeah, I that crazy time. But um, but he but the
0: thing about the thing about Tim is, you know, when God was handing out talent. He just kept getting back in line <laughs> because he can sculpt, uh, he can paint. He, you know, used to play and write music. Yeah, uh, he's a f- fantastic photographer, mm. and he's an author. Oh, uh, a lot of a lot of people know that you know he wrote the uh, that book on creating action figures along with Zach Oat and and Ruben Procopio, but. Right. Uh, He's been writing short stories for many, many years. Every year he would write a a Christmas story Mm. for just his friends and family that he would sort of mail or or email around. He's written a couple of plays, Mm. but now he's written his first novel.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yes, and it is a a detective. uh, I guess he's not actually a detective. He is a crime reporter uh, for a newspaper Mm. by the name of Sensible Redhorn. And nice. it's, uh, the novel is four uh, short stories about this character, and uh, I'm halfway through it now, and it's
1: fantastic. Oh, that's great. Is it something that's like uh, made-to-order kind of thing, or how do you how do you get it?
0: No, you get it on Amazon. You can get it uh, as a hard copy, or you can get it digitally. And uh, it's it's I mean it's a lot sort of harder-edged than any of his other stuff that I've read mm-hmm. before. Uh, but, you know, just fantastic. He's really got away with words, and I've really been enjoying the heck out of it.
1: Oh, good for him. I wish, you know, I always bugged him that uh, back when we, you know, spoke more, that he should write a respectful kind of uh, tell all about those rock and roll days. Nothing too saucy. All the saucy stuff's already out there. But, right. you know, from his perspective, as a guy who was not in the eye of the hurricane, but, you know, was around it. Uh, as, a, as an observer. I always thought that would be an interesting story totally. if he could write something like that. Um,
0: yep. And he
1: also, um, we need to remind people, I think, one of the best things he ever did as a sculptor, I think, um, way back when, when they first announced that DC Direct was going to do Watchmen action figures back <sighs> in the late 90s. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he did – he did all of them, didn't he? He did cuz he
0: did. The ones did they all.
1: showed were uh, comedian, Doctor Manhattan, Silk Spectre.
0: There were actually two Doctor Manhattans, so it was just it was four figures. Two, two Doctor
1: Man- Okay, so it's two Doctor, a regular
0: Doctor Manhattan kind of a translucent one,
1: comedian and Silk Spectre. Yeah. And they're gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. I, everyone knows what mixed feelings I have about the Maddie stuff. Uh, finally, giving us the Watchmen figures. I'm glad we got them, but I think they're far from from perfect. The stuff he did, those three alone, uh, are 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 note perfect. I mean, it's as if they walked right out of the book. Um, some of the best stuff he he ever did, and of course, you know, wasn't able to to give to the world, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but he he did do all the movie figures too for the Watchmen for DC. Yes, and those were great. It's yeah. Great. But
1: uh, I always wanted a, a, a very authentic looking set from the book, as I'm sure most people did when they're reading the book. Those panels, you know, where they someone is holding a Watchmen action figure in the book, you think, "Ooh, I wish someone would do that. And then when they made that announcement, it's like
0: someone's going to finally do this. A funny story. And I'm not sure I'm not sure I should be telling this, but I'm going to do it. But uh yeah, they were supposed to uh, do that in the movie, where they would have the action figures, and he was going to do that. Mm. But but the deadline they gave uh, DC was just kind of preposterous. Ah. So I don't think any of that happened. But yeah, he was going to do the ones that would appear in the film, also.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you, Tim, and uh, uh, knock him dead. Best of luck with the with the book. Does he have any kind of a um, sort of a tour. Is he going to do any book signings or anything by chance?
0: I haven't, I, you know, I haven't heard that. I'll, I'll ask him that, but I'll put a link in the, in the show notes. So if people want to check it out on Amazon or you can get it uh, digitally also. Nice.
1: That's yeah. very nice. That's nice. Well, I'm very excited about something Tell. and me. I don't get excited that often. Let me tell you just once a week, just once a week for this, for this show. That's it. Uh, there is a new, uh, Musically, a band called The Small Faces, one of my favorite bands, uh, nice. from the mid-60s, uh, just to give people a quick 30-second overview, um, uh, Ian McLaughlin, Kenny Jones, Ronnie Lane, and Steve Marriott. Uh, Ronnie Lane and Steve Marriott were the principal uh, songwriters. Uh, Steve Marriott was the guitarist and lead singer, one of the greatest as they say, blue eyed soul voices uh, ever right up there with, you know, Stevie Winwood and, um, Gary Brooker from Procol Harem, you know, just, and, and Gary
0: Puckett, the union gap.
1: Yes. Anybody from hee haw, but they just, they, there were this amazing, they came out in the, during the mod scene and they really, uh, encapsulated what it was to be a mod. Like everything was about clothing, you know, style, and and mixing up rock and roll with soul and R&B the way the British kids did. They took all this American R&B, you know, bands like The Who and The Kinks. And they all kind of put it through a strainer and made it their own and and developed this this, this mod sound. And Marriott had this incredible voice. You just you couldn't believe this. This heavy voice came out of this this little guy. They were called small faces because face was a slang term for a mod. They they like oh that, that guy's an ace face like he's one of the cool ones, and small because they were all around the same height. They were all like five 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 six. Um, so they they were a great band. They burned very brightly, very briefly. The 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 follow up. History and story is it can get very very sad um, how they were treated and um, you know earning m- money and and so on. Uh, when Marriott left the band in uh, late '68, early '69, I think it was, he wants to bring in a young guy called Peter Frampton uh, to bring in the band. The rest of the band didn't want it to be a five-piece, and suddenly Marriott decides to leave. Um, he goes and forms a band called Humble Pie with Peter Frampton and some other folks. They become very big in the U.S. The Small Faces never broke in the U.S. for various reasons, Um, mainly uh, management, um, you know, holding them back from touring and stuff. They had a couple of songs that sort of charted. One was called Ichiku Park. So he goes and does a Humble Pie, and then the other three Small Faces are left uh, to decide what they want to do, and a young fella called Ron Wood... And another young fella called Rod Stewart join up with the Small Faces. They become the Faces, and the rest is history because the Faces became massive in the U.S., and especially the early 70s. But the Small Faces are always kind of the secret handshake of a band that had some great material. And over the years, they've um, – you know compilation after compilation and reissue after reissue comes out. Some of them sort of knock off, but they never – it literally is only now, with two surviving members, are they going to start earning what they should be earning, you know, royalty wise, from some of this material because it was so caught up in limbo and they got so terribly screwed with a lot of this stuff. And Amazon is putting out uh, early February a giant box set called Here Come the Nice, a uh, small faces box set. And it is absolutely, it looks like it's absolutely stunning. Not only is it four discs worth of music, including uh, every single, every A and B side, every live cut, EPs, a lot of unreleased stuff, uh, unheard recording sessions, outtakes, early mixes. There is um, a hardbound coffee table book that comes with it, forward by Pete Townsend, introduction by Kenny and Mac. Um, Sleeve Notes, up the yin-yang, new interviews and contributions from Robert Plant, Paul Weller, David Bowie, Nick Mason, Peter Frampton, Chris Robinson, Glenn Matlock, Paul Stanley of Kiss, and many more. Track by Track, Illustrated Guide, Lyric Booklet, all the lyrics, and then Red, White, and Blue Colored Vinyl, there are three replica seven-inch EPs. Of the rarest small faces vinyl uh, pieces that got released in the '60s, that they're putting out on colored vinyl, a replica studio acetate of one of the albums, posters, a press kit from '68, some art prints, and the whole thing is signed by Kenny Jones and Ian McCloughan. Uh And then, of course, when the face when the small when the faces wrapped up, Rod Stewart had a massive solo career. Uh, when um, uh, the Who lost their drummer, Keith Moon. Kenny, yep. Kenny Jones slipped in, and he became the drummer for The Who in their last sort of incarnation. Uh Mac, and Peter Frampton,
0: he came alive.
1: Frampton came alive in a huge way, and he got terribly screwed on royalties and stuff too, all these guys. But he had, the, at one time, I think, before, this is pre-Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, so 75 76 Frampton comes alive that live double album was the biggest album of all time. Uh, yes. And Frampton was just, you know, he was this that was my joke, huge heartthrob, you know, and it's a lot of a lot of musical um, quality came out of this little outfit uh, to go on to do things. It's, it's it's a very sad story because by the by the late 70s Ronnie Lane contracts multiple sclerosis. And his health starts to deteriorate, and, and he continues to get ripped off in various ways, and then um, he dies, he dies 97 or 98 uh, because of the disease, and then Steve Marriott falls asleep with a cigarette uh, at his place in 91, and and uh, asphyxiates, dies in a in a house fire. Oh gosh! Terrible way to go. Uh, but they're, they were hugely influential too. So when you look at bands like Blur, you know, Paul Weller himself has modeled a lot of his career on the small faces. Um, a lot of the Brit pop thing that came out in the early, you know, mid nineties, um, just a, a very influential band and, um, and to other bands too, very other bands have a huge amount of respect for them. Um, I could go on about them forever, but, uh, there's a finally, uh, what looks to be the definitive box set. Is coming out February fourth, exclusive to Amazon. It is seven thousand dollars. No,
0: what?
1: Well, it's a you know, it ain't cheap, but you're you're getting a lot of material. And yeah, totally for the small faces fans out there. So uh, if you dig them, I hope you you get it, and if you don't, I'll get it and tell you all about it.
0: Yeah, that sounds right up your alley.
1: Oh yes, yes. The picture alone. I've been staring at the picture, which spreads out all the materials within the box set. Yep. I've just been drooling over this little color photograph of like all the, all the goodies that are in there. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's coming out and that uh, should be very, very cool.
0: Nice. Yeah. It's nice to get those little surprises like that, you know?
1: Yeah. It, it, I think, and they're, they're, you know, I'm biased of course, but they're long overdue for such a thing, for a, a definitive overview like that when everybody else gets, they they really need one, and um, they were um, they were they were very cheeky too. You know they they were very good at like here come the nice is the name of the box set, mm-hmm. and that was one of their singles. And it's it's incredible when you think about the BBC uh, or television back then, but BBC radio they banned a lot of pop records. They 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 heard innuendo where there wasn't any. Uh, and they would ban certain records. For example, Sgt. Pepper, nothing off of Pepper got played on BBC radio. Um, you know, Ringo says, uh, you know, get high at one point in little help for my friends. Yep. In day in the life, McCartney says, you know, woke up, fell out of bed, you know, had a coma. Something, something had a smoke. I went upstairs and had a smoke. Somebody spoke and I went into a dream. They assumed when he said had a smoke that he smoked a joint went into a dream and whatever, wouldn't play that. But then there's a whole bucket full of stuff that was very obvious that did get airplay that they missed completely. Here come the nice was about them talking about their drug dealer. Like (laughs) he's always, he's always there when I need some speed, you know, here come the nice it's understood. He'll make you feel good, you know, and so on. And that was a big single for them. Uh, And there were other things in other songs that were very, very winky, Uh, innuendo that they missed completely. But here come the nice is a huge drug song and nobody, nobody caught it. (laughs)
0: It's really obvious. Nicely done society. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so yeah, so those, they're one of my, my musical heroes. So I can't wait for that. Uh, what else is going on in the world of pop culture?
0: Well, uh, this, this was a big one that I think it happened like right after we recorded our last episode, uh, it was it was announced that they are pushing whatever the Batman Superman movie is going to be called. They're pushing that back to 2016 now. Oh, I did not hear this. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. Why? It's not coming out in the
1: 2015s anymore because they want to they want to they want to make the fight scenes even longer than the Man of Steel.
0: Well, I, I mean, there's some speculation that it might be. Uh, there were reports that that Ben Affleck either critically hurt or broke his leg on the current film he's doing. Uh, but, you know, part of it, it might just be, they just keep lobbing characters at it. And there's talk that they're going to rename the whole thing justice league by the time things are all said and done. It's not going to be man of steel two, It's not going to be Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that it's going to be, I, it's going to be justice league.
1: Yeah. I heard that. And, and uh, they might as well. Cause, Cause the clock is ticking. You know what I mean? Like, I realize what they want to do is establish this series and establish this universe and then, you know, say now that we've done all. They, they want to do the Marvel Avengers model, but they may as well just get right to it. We've already had a ton of Batman movies. Just get to Justice League. Just yeah. you know, get it started, you know,
0: especially if you're going to introduce all of these characters. Well, who do we yeah. Give us a rundown. Who do we got so far? So we know we have Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, we have heard talk that they are going to uh, do John Stewart Green Lantern, okay. which may or may not be Denzel Washington. Okay, uh, and They were talking to him. Uh, and then some people say they're going to put the Flash in there as well. Mm. And there's even been rumors, he's kind of denied them now, but they were talking to Josh Holloway of Lost fame uh, about maybe being Aquaman.
1: Oh, that's... See, uh, he- I'd like to see Josh Holloway in something as a superhero. Yeah. But I, I don't I'm not sure I want to see him as Aquaman. You know, I want to see him as like Hawkeye. He should have been a hawk the, the you know don't you think he's he's more suited to someone like that?
0: He'd be a good Hawkeye, yeah.
1: Cuz he's got the the wise Weisenheimer, wiseacre. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. I just don't see him cracking
0: wise as Aquaman. Yeah. So, yeah, but he's he's saying that no one has talked to him directly about it, mm-hmm. but, you know, maybe people are talking to his people mm-hmm. and they just haven't, and they're being coy about it right now. Mm-hmm. But he's saying right now, yeah, he was saying, I love, you know, Batman movies, I love all the Marvel movies, I'd love to do something like that. He's got a new series now on CBS. Yes. So he was saying they might not want me just because, you know, that can sometimes mess with schedules when you have a, a regular series. So
1: Speaking of casting stuff.
0: <clears throat> yes.
1: Boy, are they being tight-lipped about this Star Wars Episode Seven? It's like, come on, say something. Get get something out there to get people excited. Uh, just give them a little. You know, we got a little shot of R2D2, which is cute and whatever. And John Williams is going to do it. That's great. Um, the last name that got bounced around is oh, I can't think of his name, but that actor. He's a young guy. He's got kind of blondish, reddish hair, and he was in. Um, he had a small part in Paul. He was in an NBC series that I championed a year ago that went off the air. But he's a regular on something else, right? Like a Sons of Anarchy type thing or something? I don't know. I haven't heard that. You don't know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, He's a boy. He's a man. Uh, The
0: last one I heard them kicking around was uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse, from Breaking Bad. And I guess J.J. Abrams confirmed that they had at least spoken to him mm -hmm. over the weekend. So that was the last one. I. Well, so this guy's
1: name gets thrown around. Then Abrams makes a statement, which is like, yeah, we talked or something. But he said it's almost like by the time the information gets to me, I've I've not yet met with these people. Like so many names are getting thrown around uh, as possibilities or rumors. And, I mean, I can imagine the net is wide. Like there are a ton of people that are being talked to about all kinds of parts and stuff. But in this particular article that I, that I read, as you start to scroll down, <laughs> I'll admit I got stuck in because you start to scroll down and all of a sudden there's a one sheet and it just says a long time ago. And it's a Jedi with gray hair from the, from the back. with It okay. looks like Luke's green lightsaber. Oops. And then it just says Star Wars episode seven. And for, uh, you know, two and a half seconds. I went, oh, is that? Could that be? And it's no. Of course, it's a fan-made, a uh, fan-made, you know, one sheet. But it's it's kind of cool because it, I I thought it looked like you know Mark Hamill, today or something. And then they that brought you to a page of like a dozen fan-made <laughs> one sheets for the new Star Wars. Some are kind of interesting. Some are a little inspired. Some are the worst kind of direct-to-DVD covers you've ever seen in your (laughs) life. And they're taking pictures of of the principal actors from different things, you know, just making their face blue or something and put them on. Now, the thing that I'd heard, too, back to this, about the the, the big announcement that that kicked this article off was that in a roundabout way, Abrams had made a statement, we're finished with the script. Like, we're ready to move now. He and Lawrence Kasdan are finished with the script. The the thing that I keep hearing repeated over and over again is the reason that they didn't went with, go with Michael Arndt's script, the reason that Arndt used an Arndt script, um, and I don't know how true this could be. It could be a million reasons why they didn't think it worked. But they said that that it was going off in a direction with all new characters, and the established folks were just kind of a footnote. Right, and what Kasdan and Abrams wanted to do is very much make the older characters the launching pad. You know what I mean? That you know, bridging that gap from all these years, making it about them, and then start getting into other characters and uh, younger characters and
0: stuff. That's right. They were saying Episode Seven would kind of be the the goodbye to the you know the original cast. Right. Like this, this is their last hurrah, and their their offspring would be sort of supporting characters, is how J J Abrams wanted it, and and that it was reverse in the other script, and and then they would say that the the offspring would then sort of take over in the episode eight and and nine.
1: But it's just, don't you think it's kind of it's like the edict still must have come from Abrams or whoever. I can't believe Michael Arndt just came in and said, well, I've decided I'm going to write a script about a bunch of other people. So there. You know, somebody had to say, "Here's what we'd like the story to be about." Like, I can't believe that it's his fault or responsibility that it went down the road that it did. And they, I think they just changed their minds. And there must have been something else about his his script or his writing that they didn't like. Or something.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe. I'd imagine. I I also heard a rumor about the plot, uh, and, and I think this came from Latino Review uh, uh, of the standalone Boba Fett movie. Oh yeah where, uh, I get this this may be spoiler, you know, no one's written the script yet, so I, I take this all with a grain of yeah, salt. Yeah, I think you're but, safe to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, J.J. J. Abrams did not like the, the prequel concept of, you know, us seeing baby Boba Fett and him being the son of a million clones. So, uh, they wanted to be more sort of like a, a Western and bring some mystery back to the character yeah. and have sort of a man with no name murder Boba Fett and steal the armor and take his name and go start being that bounty hunter.
1: Oh, that's no, that's just dumb. Think, Why is that dumb? I think it's a dumb idea. I love the idea of adding, you know, getting back to mystery. But the problem is you've already blown it. Like it's bad enough we have to erase the memory of the lamest mano mono imano fight in sci-fi history between Han and Boba Fett, the fight that had been built up in our minds since 1979 and reading the back of that action figure packaging that Bo- this was going to be the biggest thing ever. You've erased that already, and the fact that he went down the Sarlacc, and now he's, you know, whatever. you got to forget about all that crap, so here he is the a young person. The biggest thing that I'm going to be fighting against is, is what they've given him in these prequels, that he has a face. I never wanted to see his face. I don't want to see Judge Dredd take his helmet off. That's right. he's got the helmet like I don't want to think of not only do I not want to see Boba Fett without a helmet and realize that he looks as human as the next Australian kid um, I don't want him to be a kid I don't, I don't give a shit that he ever was a kid
0: I don't, I don't want, but, but, but this is what erases that sort of thing but it, er, it, er, it erases
1: it by having someone else put the outfit on and pretend to be him
0: Yes. See, but that's not, already that's not, or or he. I mean, it's not pretend to be him. That would be who we know to be Boba Fett.
1: It's amazing. We
0: we never would have seen the little kids, you know, like the little kids, not who captured Han Solo and froze it. It's this other guy. It's this other guy. Yeah, her, I suppose yeah.
1: maybe. But it's amazing that this guy that that the cult of Boba Fett is so huge. Uh, we can argue about how little screen time he has. We know what's gone on. You know, in all the, the fanfic and the um, extraneous materials and, and all that stuff. But really, and, and uh, you know, I may be in the minority thinking this, really, the, the only, the, the total amount of time that Boba Fett was cool was when that action figure showed up at our, our houses. And even then, he was slipping because his, his rocket pack was glued in. He already got screwed. Um, seeing him in the holiday special. He's almost cooler in that than anything else he ever did. Uh, yeah. Everything he did in Empire Strikes Back, when he had his original voice, by the way, because they, re- they went back and redubbed that. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Well, I got to add one more thing about that because I, I, I did not know this. Uh, maybe we talked about it. But anyway, um, and then about 24 seconds in Return of the Jedi where he was kind of cool. Right. Like, admittedly, it was cool when you saw the jetpack actually work, and he flew from the barge to the skiff, you know, or the rope thing came out. There was some cool stuff there.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we just hanging in Java's palace. Not when he's like nodding at girls in the special edition. But. Yeah, exactly. That's about
1: it. That's not a lot of time for for a guy to be cool. Uh, no. They they really really blew that one. Um, so my wife's nephew. Uh, is getting on a Star Wars thing. This is this I find strange enough. He he had his mom get on Netflix and and order Phantom Menace. <laughs> get it on DVD. They waited for Phantom. They were on a waiting list for Phantom Menace. What, what? for like nine months? This DVD never showed up. <laughs> they saw he saw Attack of the Clones. He saw the other one. He saw the originals, which he loves the originals, but. Phantom Menace, for some reason, nine months, never shows up. Uh, I have it. Uh, I eventually either – I think I got a super sweet deal and got those – broke down and got the, the Blu-rays. Yep. The entire uh, set uh, yep. way back. And so he was over once. I said, well, I've got it. If you want me to put it I'll put on the Phantom Menace. He's like, you have it? I can finally see it. And I'm watching it, and something's just off to me. Uh, like something doesn't seem right unless I'm going crazy. But they replaced Yoda in Phantom Menace on Blu-ray. He was he was, a, he was a puppet in Phantom Menace. There's one sequence in the original Phantom Menace that he walks across uh, the floor In uh, it's digital. It's like a, a, a bird's eye view where he's walking in front of Obi-Wan and it's digital. The rest, he's a puppet. And, okay. and then episode two and three, they made him fully digital. Well, they have gone back and made him fully digital in Phantom Menace. That's perfect. So he's no longer a puppet in that.
0: That's exactly what we wanted.
1: Because I know that was really bothering people. It was. You know, of all the things to. You couldn't digitally erase Hayden Christensen's performance. Still. <laughs> no. But you can swap out uh, Yoda. So he's still, oh, yeah. still lots of tinkering on those Blu rays.
0: Good grief. You know? You know what else I got uh just recently? I got that sideshow one six scale Darth Vader. Mm. This is a
1: that, this is a um it's a statue, right? Not not a figure. No, this is a twelve inch figure. Oh, it's a twelve inch figure, okay. Yep. And uh what does it do? Does it light up? Does it talk? Does
0: it It does not talk? Does it cook? It does light up. Mm. Uh, his, the chest plate lights up and it actually does the cycling three lights and, uh, the lights on his belt light up, cool. uh, the stand lights up cool. and then it comes with a second stand that supports the two pieces of the other helmet that it comes with. Cause he also has like the bashed in head. Uh, so it has that front face plate and then the top helmet piece. Mm. And so you can display that and it's got a light, mm. uh, on it too. Uh, it's got the ignited and unignited lightsaber, and then it comes with like forty different hands. Mm-hmm. It's like every gesture that Darth Vader did. It's got like a pointy. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, you know lightsaber hand. It's got uh, choke a bitch hand. It's
1: so you, know,
0: you can do a stop
1: motion recreation of the
0: of the films. You almost could, yeah. And then it it actually not only comes with. The the stump, the severed hands with like uh, the wire sticking out of it, Uh, but then it comes with the other piece of the hand that you know fell off and rolled away. Ah, you know, with the other bits stuck in the end of it. Didn't that fall down the shaft though? It it did, but apparently Side Joe found it. Somebody somebody uh, imagine it's it's in the set. Some some worker
1: way down the shafts was like you know tightening a screw or something, and all of a sudden, Vader's hand just finds. Oh, I better hang on to this.
0: That's another, I thought I was in Bespin
1: like three weeks ago and there's another hand. They're falling like rain. I got to hang on to these hands. Uh, Yeah, and of course there's lots of, um, it's just so funny. You know, I I think I've just become, I still love Star Wars. I will always love it. I'll always love the classic stuff. Um, But I find it all becoming so blurred because it's all now part of the same soup. Uh, yep. Even some of the classic stuff doesn't get me excited like it used to, maybe because mm. there's just so much stuff out there, but but also because the story is so uneven for me. I know I always have to clarify this. I'm sure there are people that love those prequels and what, what was done you know, storytelling-wise. Um, but I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Do you remember seeing Empire? Now, when you saw Empire, did you have any idea about the big revelations? No, we saw it opening day at
0: 1030 at night.
1: Yeah, okay, so you didn't hear nothing. Now, exactly. the thing is, the correct me if I'm wrong, the Marvel Comics adaptation or the novelization hit the streets before the film. So there were right. a handful of folks out there that had this information and were very upset by it uh, yeah. before the, the movie hit. Same thing for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Yes. Um, did you have any idea before you went into Star Trek Two? Oh no, me nope. either. And I remember uh, that moment—one of the cool moments in Empire, seeing it the very first time. There are very few I can remember most movies I've ever seen, where I saw them, what I thought of them. Um, if I had a cold, you know, I'm, I'm really good that way. It's it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, you know a handful, as I'm sure you know, that are you know signposts to really meaningful experiences. You can remember the seat you sat in, what you ate, what time of day it was, and every single thing about that thing because you just yep. we would just be glued to every frame of the of the the screen. And you remember that bit when is it Julian Glover or one of the imperial officers comes in to check on him? And he's in the meditation
0: chamber. Oh yeah, and you can see the back of his see the back of his, his head. head. And see now, what?
1: what I thought, and again, you know, those are you know, we're talking about nine or ten year old eyes looking at this. I thought that that must mean that he was like this hideous creature under the helmet, like like uh, you know, like there would be no remnants of humanoid eyes, nose, mouth, stuff like that. Okay. Because of that shot, it looks like something else. It looks like it's going to be some, some monster kind of, kind of guy. Um, yeah. But I was just thinking about this. You know, how lucky were we for those two seminal geek you know, sci-fi moments to not have had any lead up to it, to really have been taken by surprise? Yeah, no spoilers. Huge revelations. Because if you go on YouTube – there are there's, – there's a, there's a uh, Merv Griffin – ooh, Merv, ooh. There's a, there's a Merv – wasn't that a Rick Moranis too? Didn't he used to do Merv? I think he did, yeah. He just ooh, that sounds like ooh. He'd always do that.
0: Um,
1: there's a Merv Griffin episode with Nimoy, Shatner, and DeForest Kelly. And holy crap, every other word, they're talking about Spock this, Spock that, Spock. Well, you never know, but, you know, Spock could be. I mean, it's all out there on the table. The movie, oh. movie doesn't come out for a week, and they're just yapping away about it on the Merv Griffin show. But weren't we lucky that that uh, that sort of thing was unknown to us going into those, those movies?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was so much more impactful and just, you know,
1: Blew your mind. Very little of that these days, I feel like, that you can just. Because they, they, the whole like, spoilers, you know, that whole thing gets annoying where people go, eh, <laughs> I can't even look at the trailer. That, that's obviously annoying. But there is something to, like, I'm fine in the past couple years, I'm, I'm reading less and less synopses of the movie that's coming out for fear of, of, you know, I already know something about Winter Soldier that I wish I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ahead of time. because um, there's you know, nothing is secret these days.
0: Yeah. I remember I got the Marvel Comics adaptation for Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. before the film came out. And I remember taking it to school and like, you know, threatening to show people and just like, Oh, I, I know what's going on. <laughs> I I've read this cover to cover. <laughs> do not believe it. And had you read it? I did read it, yeah.
1: I had a bet. It's funny you say that. Before Jedi came out, uh, junior high, I had a, like a $5 bet going with another guy that Vader's story uh, about Luke was, was total BS. Oh, okay. I said, no way. It, it's not true because he would, he would have said – It's impossible. It's impossible. He would have said and done anything to get Luke over to that side. So I'm saying, be crap, and also it's too obvious of a story device. There is misdirection. Uh, so I lost five bucks on
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say yeah. <laughs> but well,
1: I, so how quickly did you have to pay up? But I, you know, I, well, I probably bought him a popcorn or something. But I stood my ground. You know, I, I, I still didn't believe it afterwards. when The film was done. It
0: still can't be true. <laughs> Just wait till episode seven comes out.
1: Then we're double or nothing. Meet me back here when you're sixty. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, speaking of new Star Wars things, you got a, you got something about Iron Cow? Or our old
0: friend Iron Cow is doing something. Oh yeah, he. What's uh, he doing? Every I don't know twice a year or something they do custom con. Yes uh on online and you know various sites host it and and he kind of got he's been doing this a little bit and he's been showing some of us some work in progress stuff but he's kind of got a, a bee in his bonnet about wanting to fill out the ranks of his classic Kenner Star Wars figures That's right he kept posting
1: shots of uh different X-wing pilot you know he do like an update of Luke X-wing pilot and stuff Yeah yeah okay So
0: so he started doing a bunch. I think he ended up with maybe twenty of them or so. Wow! Oh, so he did some X-wing pilots. He made Grand Moff Tarkin. He did like the scanning crew members. Uh-huh. He did uh, Long Snoot. You know, he, d- he did a bunch of them. He did uh, 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 Sand Trooper. You know, but for the most part, trying to use as many vintage parts as possible. Right. Uh, he did. Oh, he did uh, like sleeveless Bespin Luke. Uh-huh. You know, and they just turned out great. Yeah. But he started making uh, some duplicates of them, too. And he was selling a couple of them. Uh, he was, and he, he let a few people in on it, and then he sold some on eBay, too. Oh. But uh, I got uh, one of his custom long snouts, long snoot, whichever way you want to say it. And, yes, Gorindin, if you will. Uh, and it was just, I mean, it was such a delight to get a new vintage Star Wars figure as much yeah. as... Uh, a contradiction in terms, as that sure. is that it.
1: Sure.
0: So it's basically uh, the 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 Hasbro head, mm-hmm. and then uh, a Death Squad commander body, and like a Darth Vader cape,
1: ah.
0: you know. And it just it worked great, and so it was so nice. You know, I got him, and unwrapped him, and now he's doing a bunch of uh, sand troopers too. So I'm going to buy one of those as well.
1: Yeah, he does great stuff, and and truly loves this stuff. I mean, he becomes obsessed about the vintage stuff and trying to make it look as, you know, just as it would have coming out of the package back in the, back in the day. He's got a great, uh, return of the Jedi Chewbacca.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the part of yeah, hair.
1: just, a, just a slight alteration with the part in hair, but it just looks so cool totally. that it, you would have loved to have had it, uh, back in the day. And I know he's, a, yeah. he's a listener of ours. He, he is. is, Matt Colley. So if you're listening, Matt, awesome stuff. Um, and I think you still owe me, um, I think he owes me a Michael Caine figure of some kind. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think he was going to do like a Get Carter, Michael Caine, or something. I keep giving him <laughs> a hard time about wanting uh, the Caine collection, right? Yeah. Some things, but yeah. uh, no, he does. He does really, really great stuff. Yeah. And uh, and he's a lo- a loyal listener as well. He is. He is. Of our little little production,
0: dog and pony uh, show.
1: So you've been watching some stuff. I've been watching some stuff. Yes. What can you talk about spoiler-free because I haven't – some of the stuff I haven't seen. Okay. So what do you got?
0: Uh, well, I saw Hobbit Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. And I don't feel like that's, you know, too spoilery. No, I've heard of it. We we all read the book. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really dug that. I did not see it in the whatever advanced frame rate or whatever that thing is yes. It does. yes. Uh, I saw it just the regular version, and uh, you know there were some really great things like the the whole barrel escape scene yes. was so over the top, but still a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, one thing I I couldn't remember because it's been so long since I've read it, I, I need to reread it. But do the dwarves go into the mountain while Smog is still there, or is it just Bilbo? I seem to remember Bilbo was in there just kind of sneaking around, looking for stuff, messing with stuff, and then Smog got pissed off and flew away to attack the town.
1: Um, I seem to recall him being alone.
0: That's what I thought too.
1: Yeah, those dwarves, mm-hmm. they talk a good talk, you know, and then it's like, oh, are you going to go into the dragon now? Yeesh. Well, this is just a bad, bad time for us. We're going to be over here uh, drinking. Yeah. You, you're on your own. Um, I think that's the thing. I was talking about this with a friend of mine the other day who was talking about The Hobbit and he kept saying, I just don't know what it is I just can't quite, I love the Lord of the Rings movies but there's just, I mean it's not a bad movie but I just can't and I said, it's the dwarves isn't it? And he's like yeah, I think it's the dwarves Like, there's just something about them as a group that's just, I mean we all, we've said the same thing over and over again that the big end of the world what's at stake here, we've already had all that Right. So it's hard to get quite as invested. But I think also some of the dwarves, like if you put them in a lineup, could you name Feely and Beely and Teely and, you know, Quarren and all the other, could you name them all?
0: Uh, a- a- pointing at them and saying, like yeah, one? Uh, probably not. Yeah.
1: But you could do it with the Fellowship.
0: Yes. Because of their diversity. Yes. Uh but I just think that Well I think if I if if Bridge Direct would have made all the figures, I would have had that at my you know, much more in the front of my mind. But right. since they have chosen not to release all those. Yes. Uh then I, I don't. So it's their fault. I blame them. Okay I totally do. Blame Bridge yep. Direct.
1: Not Tolkien, not not to anybody else. Nope. Okay. That's uh that's fair enough, I guess. Uh what else have you seen?
0: Uh so uh I went and saw so that I saw Gravity finally. It. So that they, uh, because it's up for so many awards and Oscar nominations, uh, they've re-released it. Yes. Uh, like the ArcLight has, has picked it back up. So I did get to see it in 3D, and it is fantastic. It's everything everyone says about it, okay. and it is, it is a, it's a, it's a movie. It is a film. It is something that should not be seen on video. Okay. Uh, or on your TV screen. It should be seen in a theater. In 3D, if possible. Okay. Fair enough. I, I highly recommend. All right. Uh, but after seeing it, you'll go, yeah, maybe space, not so much. Okay. I uh, don't know if I'm going to go to space now. Okay. And uh, what else? Uh, and then I also saw Her. Oh, yeah. Which is Walking uh, Phoenix. It's a Spike Jones uh, film. Spike Jones joint. Yes. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah,
1: I hear it's, it's really good. But here, here's my question. The controversy over this, yes. because Scarlett Johansson is a voice Correct. in the film mm-hmm. um, as, as this, character, this character, you know, whatever. People can read about it. Uh, but there was a lot of – there was a push, quite a strong push from certain critics to say she should get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. in this in this part how do you feel about such things
0: uh i could see that yes uh a- and you know again it's like the i'm sure the controversy is because you never ever see her mm-hmm. but that is the point of the character and they they never tried to and that was something i i really did like about the film is that they never did try to personify her mm-hmm. uh what what is crazy about the movie. I mean, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Mm. The visuals in it and the cinematography, mm. it takes place in this sort of future, it's not sort of, it's future Los Angeles. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff that you will recognize uh-huh. that's, you know, it's just that. It's twisted and, and changed just enough. Uh-huh. It's very, very interesting. Men's fashions are quite unfortunate because it's all back to the high waist uh, above your navels. So <laughs> we, we, we have that to look forward to, but uh, so that, that, that aspect of it is great, but the, the way they are able to capture uh, the, the, the sort of cycle of relationships uh, in this, you know, w- within the setting of this and the, and, and the conversation, the topic of this uh-huh. is, is almost troubling. I mean, there's no way, I don't think there's anyone that has been in any sort of relationship with anyone Cannot sit through this movie and point and go, Yep, I've had that conversation. Yep, been there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's, very well written. You think it's going to be, oh, totally, very well written. And, you know, it's, 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 that's what's great about science fiction, Uh, you you know, the great science fiction anyway is that it is able to tackle a topic uh, and sort of sneak up on you, but still have that sort of larger conversation of things that completely relate to today. Yeah. And, and what your experience is?
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I definitely so. I definitely want to see it. I like Spike Jones stuff. I don't love it, but I've, I've always liked his stuff, and I really like Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so I would, um, I'd like to to see it at some point. You know, on the same note, I finally did see that movie uh, that you that you said I should finish, uh, called Ruby. Sparks, was it called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I finally finished that. Okay. That was
0: good. It was a
1: really interesting. I liked it in the way that... Did you ever see Stranger Than Fiction? We've talked about this. Uh, I did, yeah. Will Ferrell, Dustin Hoffman. Yep. And the gist of it is, Will Ferrell wakes up one morning and starts to hear narration in his head, and like everything he's doing while he's brushing his teeth or he's walking is being narrated in his head. Yeah. It turns out he's a character that someone has created. But there's never the conceit is just what it is and nobody ever really spends too much time dissecting it. And, right. and and you know, the, the insanity of it, it just sort of is. And then when he meets Hoffman's character, who tries to figure out what kind of character Will Ferrell is or where he came from with a series of questions, it's just matter of fact, it's not, no one ever kind of goes, Oh, come on, this is right. The, and there's a bit of that in Ruby Sparks, but yep. then it just kind of goes away, and it just kind of is what it is, and accepted. And I like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I, en- I enjoyed it. It's hard to watch sometimes, um, but it but I, I thought it was good. And I like he, he, uh, Paul Paul Dano is the name Paul Dano. Yep. Uh-huh. I like him too. Yeah. You know? He he is so good at being, either, like kind of kind of kind of weedy and ineffectual. And then the next thing he can just be kind of terrifying, right? Like yeah. creepy and terrifying. Yeah, um, I really like him. So yeah, well, I'll tell you what I saw. What I have seen recently, tell me. I saw not only episode two but episode three of Sherlock season three series.
0: Oh three. wow!
1: So I'm all caught up on on Sherlock and uh, and Watson. Uh, don't want to say too much, but they're, they're very good. Um, mixed results here and there. But all I will say to everyone, if you're going to watch these is pay special attention to Martin Freeman as Watson. You know, it's, it's, Benedict Cumberbatch gets all the attention because it's, it's Sherlock obviously, and it's much showier and he's going to bouncing all over the place. Uh, and a lot of the time Watson is reacting and he's acting as the audience uh, to ask the questions and stuff. But Martin, he is so freaking good in every yeah. single scene of this series. And so much happens to him so much to react to. Um, he he's the best thing in it. He's just he's just amazing. And also, and this isn't giving anything away. There's a there's a, a bit uh, where they're both a little drunk in one of the stories. Okay. One of the most difficult things to play. You probably understand this. You know, having you know the theater stuff that you do, whatever. Um, one of the toughest things, really, I think, to play. Either it's tough to play real in the, in the Guffman type way where, where they're so real that you believe these people are this pathetic. It's tough to be convincingly real, so to speak, play a real person. And it's also very tough to play drunk because I think most people's instincts to play drunk are to be like, you know, Otis, the town drunk. Right. And be like, but the, the great thing about a drunk person or someone who's buzzed is they don't, they they tend to continue to speak and act as if they're fine, right? You
0: know, and and very often they're trying to not act drunk. Yes, exactly, and just be yeah.
1: very you know. No, what's the why? Did you uh, what's the problem problem with that? You know, and there's slurring and there's you know stumbling and stuff. But to play it convincing and like it's real, I've rarely seen two people play it better than than these two. They, they're oh. just wonderful, wonderful in it. Um, so. That's that's been fun, and and then when it goes away, you go, oh, how long is it going to be before we can get these guys again? Because yeah, they, it's and they don't know such a great show.
0: They said they've got you know an idea for for season four, but uh, again, it's getting those two guys' schedules together. You know, it's always yeah, kind of been I, about when they can do it,
1: and uh, uh, there's definitely a. By the time it ends, you're like, oh, man, they gotta, they got to come back for that. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: but, but who knows? And also, um, I don't know if you knew this, because I didn't really know this. The IT Crowd
0: uh-huh. has a finale. Really?
1: Our series finale. It's called The IT Crowd, The Last Byte, B-Y-T-E. Okay. Uh, it's a 90-minute special, and you can find it up on YouTube as we speak. Uh, that's the farewell for for the IT crowd. So that's out there too. I, th- I think it went up or aired just before Christmas, oh. uh, to 2013. So I I didn't know that. I thought it was over and done with already. I did didn't too. Didn't know that there was a special coming. So um, that's worth seeking out. I don't want to say too much yeah. about that. Okay. Um, so there's that um, interesting little piece of piece of news that I think a lot of ugliness has been written about when this piece of news came out, and I'm kind of ashamed of people. Uh, Michael Douglas looks like he's in the running to play the, the bad guy in Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the, the internet hasn't been too nice
0: about him. Do they think he's going to play it like Liberace?
1: Well, it's more that they're, they're making fun of his age. Okay. Did you ever see Behind the Candelabra? I did, yeah. I think it, hand, hands down, the best thing he's ever done.
0: Yeah, it was it was fantastic.
1: And Damon was great, and Rob Lowe was great. Everybody in it was great, but Michael Douglas was just like fantastic. Yeah, I just think it's the best thing he's ever done. Um, I completely agree. But you know they're kind of uh, they're kind of making jokes about his age. You know.
0: Well, I mean, I think he's supposed to be that age in the film. That's why they cast him. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Do we know? Is this an established bad guy that Douglas is supposed to be playing that that we know or something? No, he's playing Hank Pym, the original – Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Because Pym – that was – remember last time I was talking about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There were rumors that they wanted him to play Pym. Yep. So Douglas is going to do it.
0: That is correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And then Michael Pena – is what I think he's gonna be some villain.
1: I like that guy.
0: Yeah. He
1: cracks me up. He's he's <laughs> he's funny, you know, when he's when he's doing 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 the comedy, obviously. Uh no. and he's a great dramatic actor too. But did you see a film he did with um Jake Gyllenhaal? Where they're cops? Uh
0: I, I didn't see it. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was supposed to be really good. It's
1: really good. Uh, strange film, strange yeah. the way it's shot, just strange kind of layout, um, but really good, and he's oh, just wonderful in it. Um, yeah. So um, that's cool that he's going to be in a in a Marvel movie. That's pretty that's pretty wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. Some of the images that have come out, we've finally seen like a lineup. <laughs> yeah, uh, the images of the, of the characters. Um, that's kind of fun.
0: That is fun. Yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. What
1: else, you guys? Uh,
0: let's see. What else? So, you know, one thing I, I, that I keep meaning to talk about on the show that I haven't yet, but something that, uh, a show that I've really, really been enjoying mm. that I didn't, I had my doubts about at first, Uh-oh. Uh, is Almost Human on Fox. Really? Yes. Because I watched the pilot
1: and it, I just couldn't get away from it fast enough. No kidding. Yeah.
0: The relationship between those two, just Carl Urban is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. That guy is rock solid. Yeah. But the, the banter between those two, what it has grown into, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, we both the wife and I have really, really enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Did we, um, I saw something, an Australian thing that he did a bit ago, and I forgot what it was. Because every now and then these, you know, these established people go back and dip into the Australian uh, film world. Uh, yeah. but what the hell was it no I, I I can't did you ever see did we talk about animal kingdom? Did you ever see that? I don't think so with uh guy Pierce he played a a cop, but it's about that family um and and this guy that's in it he's Australian, but he's in everything now, but he's been around for a good twenty years or so called Ben Mendelssohn I think his name. now you remember the Dark Knight Rises?
0: Yes, you I remember
1: the guy that was working with Bane, you know, guy in a suit. And there's that scene where he's like, where the hell is Bane? What went wrong? You know, And all of a sudden Bane just shows up behind him. Yes. You kind of remember that? Yeah. That's Ben Mendelsohn. He's okay. got a lisp um, and he's, um, he's Australian, but he's a fantastic actor and he's just showing up in everything. Um, but he was in Animal Kingdom, which leads me to Jackie Weaver, I believe, is the woman who was in Animal Kingdom playing the mother of the family. And then she played De Niro's wife in um, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her at the grocery store the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, just walking around Gelson's all by herself, huh. wearing a uh, leopard print, leopard print uh, hoodie and a zip and, okay. and a backpack. Interesting. I thought it was interesting too. I thought that is Academy Award nominated Jackie Weaver right there, yep. walking around uh, Gelson's, waiting, waiting in the deli line for some sliced uh, prosciutto or something. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was kind of uh, interesting.
0: Oh, by the way, your buddy uh, Brian Cox is a, a voice in uh, her also. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. He was wonderful in the, um, the Doctor Who thing.
0: I still haven't finished watching that Oh, you that haven't yet. seen that yet? Nah, I've, I've started it, but I haven't finished it. He's so great in that.
1: Brian is one of those guys, I told you about this, where like he'll, all of a sudden I won't hear from him for the longest time, and then I'll get like a, an endorsement on uh, LinkedIn.
0: Oh, on LinkedIn, yeah. Or like yeah. a message on
1: LinkedIn or something. But he's one of those guys that I could not see for two years, and the, and the second I see him, He's got this photographic memory of, of everything we've ever talked about. Yeah. And, you know, he starts t- introducing me to someone else. And, says, you know, Jason's family had a restaurant when he was growing up. I'm like, how do you remember that? <laughs> I told you that back in 95, you know, he's, he's, but I guess maybe that's one of the things that makes someone a good actor or like, you know, just the retention of information or something or yeah, yeah, dialogue. And of course, you know, his son, Alan, He's an actor as well, but he's not, not as well known, but he was Watson in Young Sherlock Holmes,
0: oh, okay. the movie
1: that Spielberg executive produced in 86. Alan was, right. uh, was a young little chubby Watson in that.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, Small World, huh? Yes. Um, I, think, I think one other big thing that we have to mention yes? is yes. the announcement that finally, at long last, put all your bootlegs away. We are getting an official release. Of the Batman, the 1966 Batman TV show, the the whole series, the whole series. Oh,
1: it's about time. Yes, it's about time. I and it
0: joking. it was announced in a very strange manner. How was it announced? Conan O'Brien. What? They let him tweet it.
1: Is he a big? Well, of he, course he's a big Adam West fan, right?
0: Yeah. Yes, he is.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. So they let him tweet it, and then they all sort of confirmed that he was he wasn't joking. So yeah, sometime and it's supposed to be this year we're supposed to get a full, you know, Blu-ray and D V D uh collection of the T V series. Oh, that's fun. Which has been, you know, a legal nightmare forever. Yeah.
1: Long, long overdue. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting and I, I will definitely I will definitely get that. Like I say, I've got huge affection for that show. It's a big part of my childhood. Uh I just don't I just don't have that same affection that other people do toward it. Like it's, Oh my God. Like, but I will definitely get that one when, when it comes out. I haven't picked up any of the toys really. Um, I mean, they're fine and everything. I just, they don't, they don't really float in my boat. I don't know what it is. Um, did we talk about the alien reaction figures? We did talk about those. We did. Yep. Getting yep. those and how much fun yep. those yep. are. Those Indeed. are, those are fun. Have you ever heard if they're going to do another wave of other characters from that film or just, is that it for alien?
0: Uh, I have not heard anything officially announced on that topic. Okay.
1: That's very, thank you, Senator. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Now about the inquest, we'll
0: get... However, Toy Fair is coming up just in a few weeks. Sure is. And the the information's going to be flowing free. And you're going, I'm assuming. I'm going,
1: yes. You couldn't get me to Toy Fair for all the chocolate action figures in the world just cause now, why is that? just the weather and i don't want to get stuck there again and all that oh, the weather yeah but it's such, it's such a nicer
0: calmer show than well and
1: also just, say, like comic the information you know i can see it in 12 seconds on the internet i don't need to be there to to experience any of it uh, I see. and uh there hasn't been a lot that's gotten me very uh, excited of late so i hope there's something something cool we're going to we're going to hear about have you heard about this um or seen the trailer for this sci-fi uh, movie that the
0: Wachowskis are doing. Jupiter descending or rising? Something Which, like What's that.
1: Doing? Yeah. Jupiter's going somewhere. Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. And Mila Kunis, yeah. It looks yep. – I think it looks pretty cool. I, I see something like that just like when I first saw the Cloud Atlas trailer. Regardless of the finished film, it's nice to see a trailer now and then you go, what is that about? Yeah. Like, I, I would definitely, you know, see that. But besides the established, you know, stuff, like, you know, when when a Marvel thing comes out, we're going to get a bunch of Marvel stuff. And, you know, uh, Star Wars, obviously, is going to have a lot of stuff. But, like, I'm kind of hoping for something, I don't know, just something new or fresh or different or sci-fi related that we haven't sort of seen before. Yeah. Maybe someday. Like, did you ever see Elysium?
0: I haven't yet. I was going to watch it on the plane, but I, I, instead I watched the way, way back. I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much. It's just, that's a perfect example
1: for me of something <laughs> that you, it's, it's futuristic, but there is not a stitch in that thing that you haven't seen one way or another a thousand times before. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a to post-apocalyptic thing. It's probably going to be kind of dusty in a desert sort of setting. If it's going to be this, it's going to be this. Um, you know, Fifth Element really tried to give you something different, but ended up being insane and sort of, um, <laughs> sort of ripping off other stuff. But you know what I mean—like something to, to get excited about, like we used to get excited about stuff
0: yeah, I it, that I we didn't it.
1: know. Yeah. Um, but
0: well, you know, his next thing, Neil Blumenkamp's next film,
1: hmm.
0: it's a little something called Chappie. Chappie. And Chappie is the name. All of right, it. and what's that about? Uh all I know about it is that it is it stars Di Antoine. So Ninja and Yolandi, that crazy New Zealand group, uh, rap group. No, I don't know what you're talking you don't know Di Antoine? I don't know what you're speaking of. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm sending you some links. I
1: will say though, um the guy in Elysium, the you know, one of the other guys in Elysium is you know, his South African buddy. Shalto uh, yeah. Copley, and he's fantastic in it. Yeah, really different, really, really good. I, I like.
0: I take it back. Diane is South African, and, and it will it will melt your mind when you start seeing their videos. Oh really? Yes. Okay. Don't 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 have your mom around when you're watching them either.
1: Ooh, there's boobies.
0: Uh, you. It's hard to describe what all you'll see. Wow. Okay. They are, they are, every video they put out is a feast for the eyes, but at the end of it, you will say, what did I just watch? Goodness. Yeah. I'm certainly intrigued. So they're, they're, they're a very interesting group.
1: Uh, that's cool. Um, I was going to make a little semi announcement. I'm I'm not going to now, but, um, keep watching the skies because there's, there's probably going to be some cool Biff Bang Pound news brewing soon. Uh, I hope so. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: It's funny, I was uh you know, I was setting up my toy fair appointment and I reached out to Jason Labowitz mm-hmm. uh to get my appointment for Pow and Entertainment Earth uh-huh. and he was like, What uh, Lindsay hasn't told you everything yet? <laughs> I'm like, no, not yet. He likes to he likes to surprise me as well as the other folks. Well I think if you're gonna make the trip,
1: you know, you might as well be surprised. That's right, yes. By some things. Yeah. You know. Um I wouldn't want to tell you on air our J. Edgar Hoover fashion collection.
0: No, you don't want to, you don't want to release that to the public no, before, you know. See that for yourself. Oh, but one, one pre-Toy Fair thing that just came out today. Yes. Uh, it's not, it's not a, a very greatly guarded secret yes. because Randy's been tweeting about it and showing work in progress stuff. But yes. the official announcement today is that NECA is doing Planet of the Apes. Ooh. On both the the new dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so you will get a Caesar figure that you don't have to pay seventy dollars for as an import. About time, and they are also doing classic Planet awesome. of the Apes product as well. Randy, so. speaking of, is I shouldn't say this because
1: it sounds like I'm, begging, I'm being a, a, a jerk, but he's going to be sending me a little treat, I think, or something, because he we've talked about this. His little girl, who's three or four years old, is obsessed yep, we'll with. Flash Gordon, the 1980 yep. Flash Gordon, like watches it every other day, mm-hmm. and I sent him uh, the two retro eight-inch figures of Ming and Flash. And right after Christmas, he, he sent me, texted me photos of her opening the not only opening the, the figures like out of the out of the wrapping paper, but then the next shot is her. Just playing with them, just like on the couch, like da 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 da, and it was the coolest thing to see like a four-year-old kid playing with Flash and Ming from that movie. Oh, that's she just became like the coolest kid ever to me. But there's, I think there's a little little present that may be on its way to me. a little thank you, and I'll tell you all about it
0: if and when it gets here. All right.
1: Well, that's very cool. That's a lot of news
0: right there, don't you think? I do. So just a couple of things to wrap yes, up. Yes, please. Uh, you know, we always talk about a remake of the week. Yes, we do. Uh, and the next, next one that I've heard about, Murder on the Orient Express. Were you waiting for that one?
1: No, but you know, that kind of is one of those, you hear it and you go, yeah, I guess so. Because, you know, not enough people remember the original. Right. It's a sort of perennial because it's, a, it's an Agatha Christie. Um, and it's the kind of thing that, that they could probably pass off as almost as an original, you know, brand new film without offending right. anybody. Although, I think may, maybe
0: I'm wrong. Did, didn't it win Best Picture? Uh, I think you might be right. It might have won Best Picture. And I, but when you think about it for like US audiences, we're so, the majority of us are so detached from trains. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah.
1: I think it might have won Best Picture in 75 maybe or something. I, I could be total. No, Cuckoo's Nest won in 75. So maybe 76. I'd have to look it up, but it might've won best picture. And I think that Ingrid Bergman won like best supporting actor. The cast is amazing. It's like, uh, Albert Finney playing Poirot, uh, Sean Connery, Ingrid Bergman, um, uh, David Bowie.
0: Uh, David Bowie was saying. I don't I don't recall that.
1: Um Ben Vereen.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think you're right on that either. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not sure you saw the same film that you're thinking of. And I think um the Frito Frido guy. The Frito Bendito? No, the guy with the mustache that um Avery um what's his name? He had curly hair and the mustache. I might be thinking of going ape the Tony <laughs> you might you might be thinking of that the Tony Danza Vito uh, Vehicle right. um, it's a good film but I could care less that it, it's getting remade like I don't need to see it again you know
0: so on the on the on the Should we do love Should it we do- or careless meter yeah go ahead 1 to 10 where you where do you land on the on the which of the what on uh, the on the careless meter 1 is uh, orient who and ten, I can't wait. I'm getting in line right now. I think I'm, I'm right around like a one and a half,
1: two, like like an Orient what?
0: Yeah. Like, I'm in the same place. Same
1: place? Maybe when yeah. we, maybe, maybe this would be, make the little uh, game even more exciting. As we do that, we say remake of the week, and then we say how, you know, give a crap of the week. But then maybe we follow it up and go, on that note, to not seem like we're total curmudgeons regarding remakes, Maybe we each throw out a remake that we've seen, where we go, that's it. that's as worthy as the original, or or even surpasses the original.
0: Oh, can we do that? I'd have to think a little You'd bit have about to think that. About it. But, yeah, do you have one? Well, that
1: way you can kind of just tell the folks, like you know, go give it a go, give it a try. Don't right. believe me. I have one right off the top of my head that I could say. And I think of it because uh, I just – one of the other films I watched recently was August, Osage County. Mm -hmm. And hilarious, feel-good film of the year. Uh, So so fun. Couldn't stop laughing. Laughed so much I wanted to kill myself when it was done. It is an incredibly depressing movie. Very unlikable characters. But, But well done. But Meryl Streep is, as usual, fantastic in it. And I thought of a part that she did recently that kind of went uh, like, oh, do well, people don't really talk about it in the pantheon of, of characters. There was a remake done of the Manchurian Candidates. Oh, yeah. Several years ago by Jonathan Demme. Mm-hmm. It was originally a, a film from 62, I think. John Frankenheimer did it. Um, Lawrence Harvey, Frank Sinatra, uh, Janet Lee, a few other faces. A uh, really good film, really interesting story about. Um, well, I don't want to give too much away, but you should see it. But Jonathan Demme did a remake with Denzel Washington, Liev Schreiber, um, Vera Farm Cheese. What's her name? Vera Farmiga? Farmiga. Yes. John Voight, Dean Stockwell, and a slew of people, and Meryl Streep plays Lieb Schrieber's mother Okay, just a tyrant. I mean she is just terrifying in this movie. And she's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful in this. But it's it's also, in my mind, as a remake, as good um as the original mentoring can Oh, okay. And in some ways surpasses it. So so there's a there's an example of, you know, we're not against remakes. There's some good ones out there. That's right. You know, give that a, put that in your pipe and smoke. <clears throat>
0: So there you go. All right, I'm gone. And then the last thing I uh, probably want to say, uh, one thing I'm excited about, too, Newsroom got picked up for another season, Aaron Sorkin. Yes, it It is. will be its final season. Yes, it did. But, uh, yeah. but then also our listener of the week yes. this week. Yes. Uh, it's Mr. Sean Keeling. Yes. Uh, who's a big fan of the show, and he uh, tweeted us and sent us a, an image. He wanted to know if you had something in your collection. Hmm. And what was that? Uh that is the the old MPC snap together model kit that was a diorama from Raiders of the Lost Ark the desert chase action scene.
1: Yes, I di- I had it. It was in my collection. Did you? I did. I had uh as I mentioned before, at the time I had a huge Indiana Jones collection. It might have been the biggest in the country. The way I mean cuz this this is pre-internet. I was finding stuff like you wouldn't believe that I've not found since. Um, and I had that. It was a big cardboard box, big box. It's a big diorama. And it's the whole yeah. chase from like the time he gets the horse and, and goes down the side of the, the, the hill and then you know, tries to get the arc and keeps jumping on the, on the stuff. And the interesting thing about it was at the time, you know, mid 80s, when I first got the thing or whatever it was, I was utterly convinced that I had seen a, a model kit of the boat plane in the store as well. Mm. And because there's no information to back it up out there, I searched for years. I, I thought for sure I had seen the boat plane. Uh but there never was a model kit of such things. The other interesting thing was um in within this diorama there was a little model kit of the flying wing.
0: So he oh. has the
1: fight with the big German with the shirt off. Yep. Yep. Flying wing. And I loved that airplane. And my dad was a big you know, when he was a kid, he made model kits and he still likes, you know, model airplanes and stuff. He was so desperate to get a model kit of that flying wing, but they never made one. Right. Um and then many years later, do you remember when when the first bits of news were coming out that Disney, the Disney parks were gonna be having Indiana Jones merchandise?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now, this is
1: before they did that great gentle giant. You know, six-inch figure, eight-inch figure, whatever it was. The they just did like one figure of Indiana Jones. Yep. I think. No.
0: Well, they, they yeah they did a the series. Well, they did one figure of Indy,
1: and then yeah. they did uh, a little set of miniature figures. They did a flying wing, and I think another little set which was him on a motorcycle or something. Well, they
0: they did a wave of.
1: Like four-inch figures, too. Then they did, and after that initial indie figure, they did a wave of four-inch figures of Marion, the German mechanic, uh, the Cairo Swordsman, and I think a German officer, maybe, or something? Maybe so, yeah. Um, Yeah, and then they did another wave, I think, as well. But that initial indie figure, and they finally released a flying wing toy uh, in that wave, only for the Disney parks. And I got a couple for my dad, so he finally got the flying wing. Very nice. Speaking of, uh, as we're on the topic now, you know that they that that I think it was Gentle Giant. They did that great. People rip it apart. I think it's wonderful that Indiana Jones six-inch figure from the Disney parks. Well, there's a, there were six-inch. a couple
0: actually. There was like a yeah, and then and then there was a six-inch, and then like a taller one that was sleeveless from uh, Temple of Doom. So that that one, those were about four
1: years apart. Yeah, and the rumor always was that they were going to do one for Last Crusade. Have you ever right. heard anything about a, a third figure for that for Indiana Jones? I have not. I wish they would. Yep. I think they're great. They come with loads of accessories, uh, and the Temple of Doom one comes with little, you know, the the rock, the Shankara stone, right some so, cool stuff. could come with little. Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, a tiny little version of Dwayne Johnson that he can carry in his pocket. Yeah. Um, so I, well, I wish that would happen someday. I'd love to see another Indiana Jones
0: figure. Maybe start writing your congressman.
1: I will. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is campaign season.
0: <laughs> it is. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'll get out a pen. So there you go. Well, thank you, Sean Keeling, for asking. I do not have it at present. I did have it at one time. It was part of my collection. Never put it together, but it's a really cool piece that NPC did.
0: Oh, you never even built it, huh?
1: Never built it. Nope. Oh, nope.
0: I, had, I as a kid, I had the, they did one for uh, Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Yeah. I think they did a Dagobah they one They did too a Dagobah. They. The Dagobah one was a little bit bigger.
1: Yeah. What I mean is that the figures were were larger. It was like a it was just his house, whereas yeah. the, the Hoth one was like the whole base.
0: Yeah, it was like a, yeah. Yeah. Walkers and yeah. yeah. I had I did both of I put both those together. It was the same. Them. And they did one shod. They actually did one for Jedi too, of Jabba's Palace. I had that one too. Remember? Yeah.
1: yeah. They did that diorama of, of
0: Jabba's Palace too. And
1: and it, and yeah. it showed, so that was
0: you, the first way you could get like that weird little slug creature it, thing.
1: And it showed you above and beneath. It showed you where the yep. Rancor was.
0: That was yep. fun stuff. I mean that was when,
1: you know, model kits were big and everything. And and that that Raiders one that was one of those things that I found through Toy Shop, uh,
0: the, oh, the, toy, huh? the Toy
1: Shop uh, paper, and it was the yep. box was kind of damaged. And I think I must have paid twenty or thirty bucks, but that was not something you saw pop up that often at all. So I was lucky to have found the one I did, and uh, yeah. never found a, a second one. But it was a it was, that was a really cool piece. The artwork on the box is great.
0: Yeah, we'll post a picture because uh, Sean sent us uh, an image, so.
1: Yeah, we'll post it up. There's some good stuff. Some of the indie stuff has great artwork on it. That um, The the game, for, for starters, is Steranko. It's, it's one of the pieces that Steranko did when Spielberg said, this is what I'm thinking this character's going to look like. Steranko did a series of paintings, and it's the, it's just before the truck chase. And he's got a cigarette dangling out of his mouth. But for the Kenner version of the board game, they t- they – T- took out the cigarette, but that artwork is—it's not Harrison Ford; it's the Starencio artwork uh, for Raiders on that yeah. cover. Yeah, yeah. Little piece of trivia there for everybody. As if we didn't give you enough.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's the, you just got an hour and a half of trivia. As if you aren't
1: sick to death enough of our stupid trivia, but uh, there you go. There's there's lots to chew on, everybody.
0: Indeed. Indeed.
1: Well, thanks everybody for for listening. We sure appreciate it. it.
0: Yes. Everyone have a good week, and uh, we think you have an ace face.
1: Yes, we do. You've got an ace face and a lucky face.
0: Yes. All right.
1: (laughs) Have a good week. All right. right. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys.
0: of nature's deepest mystery.